scripture reading this morning comes from the gospel according to John chapter 7. We're going to start with the 37th verse. And it goes like this. On the last and most important day of the festival, Jesus stood up and shouted, All who are thirsty should come to me. All who believe in me should drink. As the scripture said concerning me, rivers of living water will flow out. Jesus said this concerning the Spirit. Those who believed in him would soon receive the Spirit, but they hadn't experienced the Spirit yet, since Jesus hadn't been glorified. When some in the crowd heard these words, they said, This man is truly the prophet. Others said, He's the Christ. But others said, The Christ can't come from Galilee. Didn't the scripture say that the Christ comes from David's family and from Bethlehem, David's village? So the crowd was divided over Jesus. Some wanted to arrest him, but nobody grabbed him. The guards returned to the chief priests and Pharisees who asked, why didn't you bring him? And the guard answered, no one has ever spoken the way he does. The Pharisees replied, have you been deceived? Have any of the leaders believed in him? Has any Pharisee? No, only this crowd which doesn't know the law and they are under God's curse. Nicodemus, who was one of them and had come to Jesus earlier, said, Our law doesn't judge someone without first hearing him and learning what he is doing, doesn't it? They answered him, You are not from Galilee too, are you? Look it up and you will see that the prophet doesn't come from Galilee. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So it seems to me that everybody's angry. Everybody's angry these days. Doesn't it feel like everybody's mad about something, right? I mean, I'm sure if I give you a second, you can tell me what you're mad about. But everybody's mad about something. We don't always know what it is, but it just feels like we should be angry. And it's easy to fall in the temptation of saying, well, it didn't used to be this way. Or, well, in my days, nobody was this angry, right? Be honest, have you ever said that in your mind, right? Well, it didn't used to be like this. People used to be kind and nice. And I think that's maybe true. But I think there's also a lot we don't remember about the bad old days. But it does seem like there's more angry voices. There are those on one side um, who are certain they're right about something, about something. And there's those on the other side who are certain that the people on the first side are wrong about the thing. And everybody's really certain that they know the truth. Now, there's a plus side to voices being elevated that have never been elevated before, as I see it, because we hear the voice of people we wouldn't normally have heard. We hear stories of people that we wouldn't normally know. We hear the truth that people experience. And it lets silent people have a voice, which is good. But it also comes with the opportunity for a lot of voices to be in the town square in the first place. And what we've discovered is that the angry people also now have a voice. And it seems like being offended is currency. I mean, I think there's always been angry people in the world. Have you looked at the letters to the editor from years ago? There's always been angry people in the world. It just seems like we have a lot more access to the angry people. And some people have turned being angry into a job. 
They have, and it, they're, maybe they've been shouting for decades and nobody heard them, but now they have a voice and people hear them. And so they've abandoned any sense of you know, civility in search of being, I don't know, ephemeral things like powerful, like having money and fame. It's like they have a sign that says, we'll be angry for food. We'll peddle conspiracy theories for food. We'll post on Twitter all day for 20 seconds in the newspaper. And it's gotten so that you don't always know who's telling the truth, because everybody's yelling so loudly. It's hard to hear the voice in the middle of it. It's hard to find the integrity in the middle of the argument. Because there are injustices that should be spoken about. There are people who are suffering who could use a voice of compassion. But if everybody's yelling about how right they are, how do we find it? And so many of us have gotten tired, We've just gotten tired. We don't want to fight. We don't want to be in the midst of the anger. We don't want to be in the midst of having to figure all of this out. We just want to be done. And so we walked away from the conversation. I don't know the number of people who have told me that they just can't deal with it anymore, so they turn the news off. They don't read the newspaper anymore, and they don't have social media anymore because they can't deal with all the yelling. And so we've walked away from the town square. The writer of Proverbs tells us there's nothing new under the sun. And it's really true. This is not unique to us. This is not different than when Moses and Aaron had a big fight about how to worship God together in the desert where one said, no, we got to follow the Ten Commandments, and the other said, but I made this really cool calf. And it's not really that different from Job, whose friends said, for God's sakes, just abandon your principles so you can get rid of the boils, right? Or it's not much different than Esther, who literally faced a life and death decision in order to stand up for her people. And there was a power-hungry second-in-a-command who wielded force. So how did Moses stay the path? How did Job stand up for truth? And how did Esther decide this was the right time? Nicodemus saw the truth, and he spoke truth. Now, we mostly remember Nicodemus as the wee little man, right? The wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see, right? This is Nicodemus. So all we think about Nicodemus being is the guy in the tree. But Nicodemus was a religious authority. He worked in the temple. He had a position of power. It doesn't say whether or not Nicodemus became a follower of Jesus. We don't know if he was an early Christian or not. But John tells us that Nicodemus is the one person who stood up in the middle of the argument and said hey, maybe we should wait a second. All of the people were gathered for a festival. It's called the Festival of the Booths or Festival of the Tabernacles. And what they did was they gathered together and they prayed for a week. And then the, great pre the high priest would go down to the Pool of Siloam, we've heard of this, and give a pool a little thing of water. And they would bring it to the temple and they would dump it on the altar. And they would pray for rain. Simple enough. Because if you're a desert people, rain is kind of important. 
And they would do this every year. This was an important festival. And Jesus essentially picked this festival to make his stand. See, there was a lot of political tension. There was a lot of religious tension. Everybody had been yelling at each other for a while because everybody was afraid that Rome was about to do what Rome was about to do. So everybody's at ends with each other. Nobody trusts each other. Nobody can hear the voice in the middle of it. And so the great priest dumps the water on the altar, and Jesus stands up and says, You don't need that water. You need me which is essentially like throwing a lighted match on a can of gasoline, right? You know this festival that you've been doing for you know, thousands of years? You don't need to do it anymore because I'm here. And most of us wouldn't have greeted that with much listening, much truth. We wouldn't have received that as a good news sign. And so the people in the temple are rightfully angry because Jesus hijacked their festival. They needed water, real water, rain water, to raise their crops. And Jesus took that time instead to make it about him. Rightfully angry, I think. What good is living water if you need rain? Unless you're experiencing the kind of drought that needs living water. The kind of drought that means that you need a savior. The kind of drought that means that you are sick at heart that you are aware of your sin, that you need a savior, then you might need living water. Or what about the kind of drought where you're afraid and you're alone, you're isolated and unheard? Maybe then you need living water. Or maybe you've been put down and stepped on your entire life and made to feel unimportant. Maybe then you need living water. Religious authorities go back to their room and they have an argument and they're agitated and they're afraid of what the people are going to do. What should we do about this Jesus guy? He's saying the wrong things. He's putting people into a lot of trouble. You know, he's making this difficult for us with Rome and he keeps talking to lepers. What should we do? And so one side yelled at the other side and no one was really listening to each other because they all knew what was right and they were right. So they found themselves yelling and plotting, and it didn't really matter what the provocation was because they knew that this Galilean was not supposed to be talking in the temple. Then to the, the fray speaks the quiet voice of a wee little man who wasn't altogether sure about Jesus. He says, since when have we decided a person's fate before we've heard their side of the story? Everyone laughed. No one worthy comes from Galilee. But Nicodemus was speaking for justice, for rightness. Nicodemus is the only one who spoke truth in that room. And it wasn't even truth or defending a position or deciding that he was right or judging anything. It was just a question. Nicodemus is the only one who actually speaks up for the powerless, for the peasant, for the one who couldn't speak. He doesn't respond in anger or with vitriol or name-calling or in any way that elevates the temperature of the room. He simply asks the question, what is justice? 
It's so easy to respond with anger. To receive anger and then to respond with anger. It's so easy to crawl in the dirt to match the other people crawling in the dirt. That's easy to do. It's easy to walk away and not to speak for fear of being judged. But we need to. We need to speak. If only to say, what are we talking about? What are we arguing about? Do you guys even know what you're saying anymore? We need to speak, if only to ask the question and to listen to the voices that respond, to see the people who are left out of the conversation. Too often good people walk away. Don't. We can and we must speak up for God's truth, God's justice. Not because we're right, not because we're the only ones who are right about all things and all truth, but God's justice needs a voice and it's ours. And so take the time to listen. Come and drink the water. Come and drink the water, drink deep of the living water, and then go forth and speak. Listen. Listen to the other voice and bring the temperature down when you can and then ask the question, what does justice look like? That's it. Listen. Listen, question, then speak. Amen.